Um, this morning, um, the sermon I'm going to do is titled, um, Who is My Neighbour? And I'll just share the screen with you so you can you can see my slides. Right. Okay. So the um, the inspiration. Oops. Sorry. The inspiration for this sermon um, came from a number of places. Um, obviously, the obvious one is through prayer. Um, but the um, the the main thing was looking at how twenty twenty has been, um, and just it's revealed a really a really ugly side to um, to Christianity. Um, and I've got this feedback from people from different, um, Christian groups, different Christian denominations, as well as those who aren't Christians and what they're seeing looking in. Um, so, um, yeah, I thought we'll talk about that and look at how it's happened, um, and what as a church we can do to remedy, um, the situation. Um, but before I start, the two things I just want to note, um, the first thing is please, please, please take notes. Um, that's important for two reasons. The first thing is, you know, as I'm speaking or as we're discussing, um, maybe the Holy Spirit might lay something on your heart that um, you might forget otherwise um, if you don't jot it down. But also, um, it's an, a way for you to um, keep me accountable and to verify what I'm saying to be true. Um, reminded of the, the passage in Acts with the Berean Christians where they would go back and check what the Apostle Paul was saying to be true. And I want you to do the same thing with me today. Um, especially if you're hearing something for the first time. Um, it's very easy for people just to say things. They, oh, you know, because he's on the pulpit, he must know what he's talking about. It must be true. Um, but I'm challenging you. If you hear anything, um, you think, hmm, that's new. I haven't heard that one before. Um, go back, verify it. Uh, make sure um, it is, I'm teaching you the correct thing. And I'm not just going on some waffle tangent. Um, but the second thing I want, I want to um, um, say um is um, just be um, be mindful that where I'm, as I'm speaking to you, I'm not speaking from from a sage on the mountaintop who has it all figured out. Um, I'm also on this journey with you. Um, so I'm learning as you're learning. Um, so there are things that I will share today um, that are things that I myself have um, been battling with. Um, so it's not just that, hey, the church, you guys are doing this, but I'm also involved in this as well. Um, so we're all in this together. It's not um, it's not a me pointing at you, but rather it's a me looking inwards at us, us as a, a Christian family and where we could um, uh, make improvements. The passage I want us to look at today um, is found in um, in Luke's Gospel, chapter ten. Um, but before I start, let me just give a backdrop of the twenty twenty that I've seen so far. Um, 2020 has been a tough year for, for many people, um, for different reasons. Um, um, we've lost loved ones. We've, um, we've had, um, you know, a, a, a pandemic. We've had the whole race relations. Um, we've had conspiracy theories, you know, things such as, um, COVID is caused by 5G. Um, we shouldn't be wearing masks because it's government control. Lockdown, government control. Vaccinations is the way to control us. Um, closing churches is the way of, of the government controlling worship. Um, 
we've had we've had arguments from different Christian camps, those who affirm that black lives matter, those who say, um, well, I don't see colour and neither should the church. Um, we've got um, in recent weeks, we've had the um, the Republican evangelical political preferences finding its way into church communities um, and discussions on who should the new president of America be? Are they sent from God? Um, and, you know, is is he the Antichrist in disguise? And we've had all these different discussions. Um, and unfortunately, it's created an atmosphere where as a church, we're, when we're no longer, we're not together in a lot of things. And it's shown me that the peace that we had as a church only existed amongst those who we tended to agree with. So before now, I've had some Christian friends who race was never a discussion that came up because uh, it just wasn't. Um, and in light of the whole Black Lives Matter movement, um, comments that I've said regarding um, black people in society, um, comments that they dis- they've disagreed with, um, unfortunately meant that in their minds, I've been cancelled. Um, because I affirmed um, that um, <laughs> black lives, in fact, do matter, and they disagreed. And in their minds, I've been I've been cancelled. And we see that a lot. A lot of cancelling was was going on. Um, and the, the danger with with council council culture that I had seen this year is it created echo chambers. So people only had those around them who affirmed what they believed, um, and anyone who didn't agree with them, you just kind of cut them out. So as a result of that, we create these mini worlds that are made in our own image and our own understanding. So um, everything down to the people we actively choose to engage, um, as well as the online algorithms that enforce these views, um, created a world where we only see our views being being shared. So as a result of that, anyone who doesn't share these views, um, who aren't in our, in our circles, we consider them um, as either false or incorrect or sent from the devil. Um, but this phenomenon isn't a new phenomenon. We've seen this, we've seen this time and time again in different spheres. Um, but I want to cast our mind, oh, our minds back, as if we're there. I want to cast us back to the first century. And this is where we conveniently arrive on to the gospel of Luke. So Luke's gospel, chapter um, chapter 10, and we're going to read from verse 25 to 37. Um, and it is the parable of the Good Samaritan. So I'm going to share my screen with you again, and then we will we'll read it together. All right. Okay, so, yeah, so Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 37. Um, and so... Before I start reading, I'll just give you what's happened so far in the story. So Jesus is preaching um, to the masses um, about different things, about the standard of of, of what it means to be um, to be God's people, about a bit about the fall of Satan, just different things he's talking about. Um, and but one thing he touched on um, was about the, the idea of eternal life. So um, this is where 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 we join the story. Um, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbour as yourself. And he said to him, You've answered rightly. Do this and you will live. 
but he wanted to justify himself to Jesus. And who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jericho, Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves and was stripped of his clothing. Um, so they stripped off his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. By chance, and um, um, now by chance, certain priests came down the road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, um, he had journeyed, um, and as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave it to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him. And whatever you spend, when I come back, when I come again, I will repay you. So which one of these do you think was an, so which one of these three do you think was a neighbor to him who um, fell among the thieves? Um, and he said, referring to the, um, the, the, the lawyer, he who showed mercy to him. And Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. All right. So this, this parable is, um, is a very popular, um, parable. Um, many of us have heard this, this story on numerous occasions. Um, but before I go any further, I'm going to break you up into, um, into your groups and I'm going to ask you, um, the following question. Oh, you can't see it. Can you? Um, the question is, um, I'll share it. Yeah. The question is, how can we apply this parable, um, in, um, our daily lives, um, but how does it practically look? So how does it actually look to live out this parable? And if you've got time after that, um, the next question I would like you to discuss is, have there been times when you've put your own righteousness above the needs of others? And I'll explain how that last question links um, to, to the parable. Okay, all right. So, um, yeah, so going on, on the idea of the Good Samaritan. So the reason why it's important, um, I think, so I mentioned before, so this idea of this whole cancel culture thing is something or, you know, or demonizing those who we don't agree with. It's something that has, has existed even during the time of Jesus. Um, so before I, I, um, I talk about how it applies now, I want to talk about how it applied then. Um, so just opening up. So the question to so this parable is answering the question, who is my neighbor? And this question is asked at least two times in the Gospel of Luke. The first one was by this guy, and the second guy was by um, a rich young ruler in Luke chapter 18. And on both times, whenever the, the question is asked of Jesus, his response was always the same. He points them back to the law. What does the law say? Um, and so they do when he says something along the lines of loving people or whatever. Um, and then from there, he makes it a bit more personal. Um, with the rich one ruler, he now goes on to say the one thing you lack. Uh, but with this guy, um, Jesus commends the guy for his response. But then the guy gives gives a further question um, by asking, who is my neighbor? And by saying that, he's asking essentially, who is not my neighbor? And then who can I get, to, get away with not loving? So off the back of that, that Jesus now introduces a story of the Good Samaritan. And the, the impact of the story is similar to, let's suppose you have, I don't know, um, you have two people now. Uh, no, you have a conservative representative, um, a Labour con representative, 
and some random Arab man who's not even related to put the UK politics in any way. It was like that. It's like someone isn't even related to Jewish culture at all. You've got the priest, um, you've got the Levite, and then the Samaritan, some random guy out of nowhere who no one really cares much about within that context at the time. Um, so it's off of that that we're, we're seeing this, this interesting um, example of who the hero of the tale is, is someone who the Jews wouldn't even endorse anyway. But the reason why they wouldn't endorse them, it goes back a few hundred years. So let's just bring our minds back a bit to the Old Testament. Um, a lot of a lot happens. I'm going to just focus on, on the, the, um, the important bits. I'm not going to go over everything. Just the main bits that led up to why the Jews don't like the Samaritans. Okay, so after Israel were given the land and there was a time of where it was ruled by judges, they were given... There was there was a 120 year period where there was there was, there was a united kingdom, and within that period there were three main kings. Um, there was King Saul, King David, and King Solomon. And um, after King Solomon died, the nation um, of Israel divided into two camps. There was the northern tribe um, of Israel, um, which later became known as the um, the Kingdom of Samaria. Um, and in this in this group, they um, they um, are referred to by many scholars as the lost tribe. Um, and they're the ones who rejected Solomon's son, Rehoboam, to be the new king of Israel. Um, instead, they accepted a man by the name of Jeroboam, um, who wasn't of the line of David. Um, so they decided to um, start their own, their own kingdom away from the rest of them. And then you have the tribe in the south, which is known as the southern tribe of Judah. And they're the ones who affirmed the um, um, the reign of Rehoboam and said that the line of kingship should be throughout should be through David's um, family. Um, and th this was only the tribe of Judah, Benjamin, and a small group within Simeon. So, and, but the rest of them were in the north doing their own thing. Um, so there was this tension between the the north and the south as a result. But because Within the north, they had their own capital city, which was Samaria. Um, they didn't worship in Jerusalem anymore. They now worshipped in Samaria. And in doing so, they started to accept other religious ideas from neighboring um, cultures. And then their practice of um, religion was very different from what the southern tribe of Judah were doing. Um, fast forward a few centuries after that, um, a, in 722 BC, the uh, Syrians conquered um, the northern tribe of Israel, um, which meant it was only the southern tribe of Judah that remained. And for, for the longest time, they felt, okay, that was judgment on the northern tribe because they had done all this wickedness um, and strayed from God's law. So this is what God is doing to them. God is judging them. These are wicked people and we should forget about them completely. Um, then 200 years later, the Babylonians did the same to the southern tribe of Judah, and they ended up in captivity until um, they, a decree was uh, um, released allowing them to, to, to go. But then the Romans took over at some point, and then we are now where we are with, with our story here. Um, so by the time we come to Jesus' day, this animosity between the Jews and the Samaritans still continued. As far as the Samaritans were concerned, um, the Jews were, were uncaring hypocrites. As far as the Jews were concerned, the Samaritans were uncaring hypocrites. So they didn't get along. They were, they were just two 
um, groups um, that just didn't see eye to eye. So now when we come to the parable now, we have this story of um, two people who walk by. Um, so it, the story mentions how this man was attacked between Jerusalem and Jericho. Um, and a priest walked by. And it's likely at this point, this priest was probably on his way to Jerusalem. Now, if you're familiar with Old Testament law, you would know that um, if a priest is on his way to, to serve um, in the temple or, on, or any worship capacity, he can't be seen near anything that's either dead, dying, decaying, or anything like that. Um, because if he does that, that would now make him unclean for service. So he, can know, so he can't worship or offer sacrifice. So it's likely in his mind, he's thinking, well, if I help this guy, I'd be unclean. So I can't work in the temple. So I'm going to leave this guy. And so he, he goes on. The same thing with the Levite. He sees the guy, goes by and ignores him. But it wasn't until a Samaritan comes by. And this is interesting because the Samaritan wouldn't even be in the area. This is like being behind enemy lines. He would be up in the north. He wouldn't even be down in the south. But he's there. He's between Jericho and Jerusalem. And he hasn't got the same religious convictions as the Samaritans, as the, um, as the priest and the Levite have. So he's able to offer help to this um, to, to the man um, and he's able to um, nurse him or well, well, pay to nurse him back to health and offers to pay anything um, that the, the innkeeper has paid above what he's been given. Um, so this is this is the um, the understanding um, that they would have had at the time of you know why this story is so significant. So at this point they wouldn't have seen the Samaritans as good guys. The Samaritans would have just been bad guys. Um, but now Jesus is putting a spin on the story where the good guy isn't the Jew. The good guy isn't the person who loves God. Rather, the good guy is the person who the Jews have written off as heretics. So how does this relate to, um, to us in, in the year 2020? Um, I've outlined five key points within, within this passage that I thought work well um, in terms of how we apply this in our daily lives. Um, I've picked these particular five because these are five that I myself have been trying to, 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 to work on in my personal life. Um, again, so it's not a thing where I've made it and I'm like, you know what, I've done it, this is how I've done it. But rather it's a, we're on this journey together. I think this might be the best route. Um, so the first point that I've, I've, I've um, highlighted um, was um, to be careful not to demonize those who um, do not agree with you or who you don't agree with. And so mentioned before with, with the idea of the Samaritans, the Samaritans and the Jews didn't see eye to eye. As a result, as far as both of those groups were concerned, um, the, the other side was, was, were, were written off um, in regard to being decent human beings to the point where um, they didn't have, they didn't want to, want, to, want to even engage with what each other had to say. So when Jesus now brings this story of, of a Samaritan, um, it's, in, it's an interesting idea someone who a lawyer who asked the question wouldn't agree with he wouldn't agree with the Samaritan in a capacity um, and the danger with this kind of thinking is that um, when we demonize people we need to realize that scripture scripture, tell, scripture shows us or, or doesn't show us in fact that um, a, a salvation plan for demons so if you call someone if you if you demonize them and call them you know you're a demon you're an agent of Satan in your mind whether you realize it or not you're basically saying there's there's no redemption for you. there's no hope for you you know um I've given up on you and so should God. And that isn't the view I believe um, that Christians um, need to have. I think 
in light of 2020, we need to be able to recognize that yes, people may hold different views to us. Um, they may hold, you know, they may live different lifestyles from us. Um, even they may even have different religions to us. Um, but in all of that, we must still remember not to demonize people and say, you know what, I'm going to write you off because, you know, you don't affirm that Black Lives Matter or, you know, you 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 didn't vote for Trump or you I don't know. Um, you endorse certain certain sexual lifestyles. So because of that, I'm gonna write you off. Um, and I don't think that's the intention that God has. Um, and somebody mentioned um, during the discussion that actually at times, maybe we might need to be, do a bit of introspection on our own parts and look at where, maybe where we might be falling short. And maybe the problem doesn't lie with the other people. Because um, with this parable of, of the Good Samaritan, once Jesus finishes the parable, he asked the guy, who do you think had been a neighbor to this guy? And um, he mentioned the one who showed him kindness. And then Jesus says, you know, likewise, do the same. So the parable reminds us to have a bit of introspection. Um, and there's a quote that I um, that um, Tim Keller says, and he says, um, in regards to our convictions, if your God never disagrees with you, you might just be worshiping an idealized version of yourself. And I think in 2020, we've seen a lot of that, where people, um, particularly when it comes to um, the, the American elections and stuff like that, um, people were quick to... Um, um, to to play the, the God said card. And even when they were wrong, it was like, no, well, God did say it. The problem now isn't that God didn't say it. The problem is that you didn't do enough as, you know, as the, as the church. And it's like, we're, we're, too, we're not quick enough to admit when we're wrong and where we've made mistakes. Um, or maybe we're, we're too judgmental in, in, in certain regards. And we're, we're not quick enough to say, actually, I treated you wrong. I shouldn't have done that. Um, so it'd be nice... Um, for the, this last month of 2020, where if we can see the church demonstrating more of that, where um, we we are able to to um, have civil discourse with those who who may not agree with us. The second thing I am um, I, I am highlighted from this sermon is um, be mindful not to neglect the godly things while doing the godly things. And then what I mean by that is um, with this with this um, parable again, the Levite and the priest. Their job was to go to the temple to worship. That was the godly thing to do. However, in doing that, they've completely forsaken their neighbor. They've completely ignored where the actual ministry should have been because they were going to, you know, maintain their own holiness. Um, and this goes back to the question I asked you in the breakout session about um, whenever we put our own righteousness above the needs of others. And we see this clearly within this parable where the, the, the priority for the priest and the Levite wasn't um, the the neighbor, but rather it was their own their own personal worship with God. Um, and this year, as I've spoken to to many people, particularly for, from non Christians, actually, the feedback I've gotten from them is, um, well, the church doesn't want to, you know, have anything to do with me because I don't agree with them in 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 particular areas. And as a result of that. Um, We've made we've discredited our witness. We've made the church look a lot uglier to those outside than it needs to be. And I'm reminded of a passage in um, in John's Gospel, um, chapter 13, verse 35, where John records Jesus saying these words. And he says, um, "By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another." And it's this idea that in many Christian circles, the, the the way we measure if someone's a Christian enough is how holy are you? What's your lifestyle like? 
How much do you pray? How much do you read your Bible? But Jesus is saying there that actually, while all those things are important, the way that those who are looking, who, those who are looking in would know that we are that we are with Christ is by the love that we show one another. Um, so that would mean that, um, yeah, maybe um, helping someone might make us look bad maybe in, in the same context of looking at the, the Good Samaritan. Maybe if the Levite helped the, the Samaritan, he would no longer be fit to serve in the temple. But at least he would have shown the Samaritan, oh, sorry, at least he would have shown the, um, the injured man a, a kindness that, that the enemy showed him. Um, and I think as, as believers, we find that a lot where it's those who are enemies of the faith who tend to be showing more kindness than us who are in the faith. Um, and we've used many reasons to justify why it's acceptable for us to, to, to live that way. And unfortunately, we are discrediting our witness. Um, and 2020 has shown us that in, 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 clear, and, uh, in clear ways. And just to challenge us that maybe actually um, in doing the godly thing, it might not be what we think it is. It might not be living a way that we're protecting our holiness, but rather maybe it's us going out and, and reaching the lost and engaging people who we wouldn't normally engage with. Um, the third point um, is, is an interesting one, actually. Um, and it's, it's, it's found in Matthew 7, 7 um, verse 12. And it's, um, do unto others as you'd like them to do unto you. And this is an interesting one because most religions have a similar idea um, with this, um, with this notion. Um, and the idea, um, so yeah, most religions have a, a saying similar to this. Um, but one of them that's really a really common way it's been expressed is um, there's a there's a there's a man by the name of Confucius, and he words it this way: He says, um, "Do not do to others what you don't want done to you." And we interpret this um, this verse in that way. So if if I if I don't like it, I won't do it to you. But that's not what Jesus is saying. Um, there's an apologist by the name of Vince Vitalia, and he words it this way. He says, the difference between um, not doing what you don't like done to you and um, doing unto others what you want um, done to you is, is um, it's the difference is one of them is telling you to not punch your neighbor, your enemy in the face. And the other one is saying to build your enemy a hospital. So one of them is saying, um, don't do the wrong thing that you don't like done to you. The other one is saying, well, if you like it done to you, then do it. So if you want your enemy to build you a hospital, you do the same thing to them. Um, so it adds a very different spin to it. So it's a lot less negative and more, and more positive in, in how we should be. And essentially, the way I would word that is probably looking at going the extra mile. So if we can turn our, our um, Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. Um, there's another passage I, want, I would like us to read. So this is so Jesus is talking about a whole bunch of stuff. Um, it's a really long sermon. Um, but I'm just going to focus on, on just a few chapters, a few verses, sorry, um, and to, to illustrate the point I'm trying to make. You've heard, it's, um, you've heard that it is said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, not to resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on, the, on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone um, wants to sue you and take, you, take away your tunic, let him take your cloak as well. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you and um, from him who wants to um, borrow from you. Do not turn away. 
you've heard it. Um, you've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbors, but hate your enemies. But I tell you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you and do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you that you may that you may be the sons of your father in heaven for he who makes so for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust for if you love those um, who love you what reward have you do not even the tax collectors do the same if you greet your brethren only um, if you greet your brethren only what do you um, what do you do more than others? Do not even tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. So the idea there is that um, Jesus is encouraging us to go the extra mile. Don't just do um, what's expected of us. Go the extra mile. So don't just be civil with our enemies. Be loving. Don't just be tolerant of people with different views from us. Accept them. Um, and I just cast my mind back to a discussion I had earlier this year with um, with um, with uh, someone I, I studied with, and he he um, he's a pastor of a church, and he he believed that um, because he doesn't see color, he doesn't think that we should see color. Like the church should be a place where race isn't a discussion, because in his mind, there's no no there's no Greek, no Jew, no free, no slave, no woman, no man, whatever. So he will go as far as say, because of that, there's also no black, no white. And as Christians, we shouldn't see color because, because color hasn't informed his life in any way. It, it, it probably hasn't informed any other, any other person's life. And that discussion we had, um, at the time I thought, you know what? I'm done with you. Like you actually, you, your view is hurting me. And I, we, just, we just left it at that. Um, but I realized my approach to it could have been better. I think. For me, that was a perfect learning opportunity that I could have um, just given my own experience, but but the experience of many other people that just because you don't experience something, it doesn't mean the experience doesn't exist. Um, and unfortunately, his mind wasn't there. Um, and I think had I done, had I gone the extra mile with him, maybe um, those channels could have been opened more, where we could have had a dialogue, where he would have been able to serve his church community better. Um, the fourth thing um, that um, came to mind um, is off the back of this one, actually. And it's um, expect to see good um, in everyone, especially those whose lifestyles you don't agree with. So going back to the idea of the Good Samaritan um, and, the, um, and the injured man, by all accounts, there's no reason to, to expect the, the Samaritan to do any good to this injured man they don't like each other um and it's been going on for 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 centuries before the parable was even told so to expect any kindness from this man would have been an unexpected thing but but jesus paints him as the hero in the story where he does do the loving thing and um i think as believers we should be able to recognize that actually there are even though we don't agree with people there's still good in them and a good test of that is like looking at yourselves or looking, you know, looking at your, your own lives. None of us are 100% perfect. Um, in fact, there might even be that one person out there that thinks we're actually pretty horrible people. But that doesn't mean that there's no good within us. There is still something within us that um, 
that is good. And just to remind us that if it, if that view is true for us, then it's true for everyone else that we meet. Um, and um, the last view, um, the last thing I got from, from this um, passage um, was pretty simple one. And that one is everyone is your neighbor, um, not just your friends and your family. So again, um, as I've had discussions with people um, about this um, at 2020 and, and where we have our own agreements and disagreements, um, a lot of people I have, have spoken to um, have felt that, well, actually, the only people who, um, who appear to be, in, um, who certain people appear to be endorsing are those um, who either they like or who are already family to them. And, um, and it's, it's interesting as to where I, I look at it similar. I think 2020 has shown us how we look at friendships in the physical, the same way we look at friendships online in the sense where, um, yeah, we're, you know, we're, like reading Facebook as an example. Yeah, we're Facebook buddies, but I have no loyalty to you beyond social media unless I know you personally. I would think we approach church in the same way. Yeah, we go to the same church, but I've got no loyalty to you beyond church because unless I knew you prior to, to me going to this church, I've got no, no loyalty to you. You know, yeah, we'll go to the same church, worship the same God, but that's where it ends. I don't need to know how your week has been during the week. I'll just ask you that on Sunday. Um, and we we treat who our neighbors are supposed to be as like just co-workers or colleagues um, and not those who are who are our brothers and sisters who we've been, you know, so think of like the way you check up on your actual friends quite often, you wouldn't just wait for Sundays. You might, you know, call them during the week or message them. Um, and just to encourage us to, to live that way with those um, who, who we haven't had that relationship with. Because for many people um, who are just visiting the church, they won't have these connections of believers um, around them. So us being able to reach out to those um, will go a long way. So looking at people who aren't our friends or our family outside of church, but also those people who we probably wouldn't ever have that relationship with. Um, and yeah, just encouraging us to, um, to be a neighbor to those around us, um, even if we don't agree with their lifestyles. Um, and I say that again, using my, myself as, as an example, um, and I, I hadn't been shy in sharing this um, to, with many people, but I felt that, um, um, particularly when it comes when it comes to world leaders, I felt that a particular world leader um, in a particular country was a very poor a poor example of what it meant to be a human being, and um, as a result, the things I said about this guy weren't the best things. Um, but I look back now and I think, actually, am I doing the loving thing? I, am I treating him like my neighbour, or have I just written him off? Have I demonised him in my mind? Have I said, well? He's this and he's that and he's this and he's that. Good riddance to you. Can't wait to January. You're going to be gone soon. Um, but I'm not doing the loving thing. I'm not showing, I'm not doing what Jesus would have done. I'm treating him like the Jews would have treated the Samaritans at the time. And that is someone who is 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 evil, wicked, you know, deserves to be, deserves all the wicked things that will come their way. And I, and that that for me, that wasn't the Christian way of looking at things. All right. So um yeah, so I'm I'm going to um to to leave it there. But there's one thing I want us to, um just to um just to have a quick uh, prayer on.